everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 26 of the Arizona Movie Club. My name is Tyler. I will be your host, as always. Joining me, as he always will be, is my co-host, Andy. What's going on, Andy? Hi there. And today, on the Arizona Movie Club, where two unqualified movie critics in Andy and myself, we talk about, and I only say that because we don't have credentials, but I, I feel... As though we have good opinions. We just avid fans. We talk about movies, both new and old. Hopefully one day, uh, amidst all this pandemic being over, we'll get to talk about actually new movies. But for now, we're going through the backlog and weekly talking about two older movies. And right now we have the Summer of Sizzle going. So we're trying to talk about two or at least one blockbuster film every week. Sometimes we mix it with counter programming. Sometimes it's two bigger hits. No, no, this was a blockbuster. No, this was counter-programming, <laughs> because on this episode, we were talking about Embrace of the Serpent. Uh, Finally. 2015, correct? 16, I think. 2015 or 16. I've actually yeah. got the page pulled up, so I'll, of course, correct that in a second. Uh, but before we talk about Embrace of the Serpent, we do want to mention, coming up in August, we will be interviewing Maeve Higgins, star actress of the first film we ever got to review on here, way back when we could still see movies in theaters, Extraordinary. She's wonderful in it. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Or you can wait. Whenever we do that, special in August, we're going to re-record with our updated feelings. So we've changed our format. We've changed a lot just since the first episode one to now. And so we kind of want to redo Extraordinary just for Maeve, just for that occasion. But also, coming a little bit sooner, we're going to be reviewing Palm Springs, which is coming out to Hulu this, this, this coming up Friday, July 10th. By next Wednesday, July 15th, we should have the episode up with that. And then, actually, if you're listening to this right now, Embrace, or not Embrace the Serpent, uh, The Last of Us Part 2, Boiler Cat, should be up as well. So please go listen to that. It's an hour 45. If you need to take breaks, we understand. But it's, uh, it's a good conversation, at it's least. It's a tough hour and 45. It's yeah, I, <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was good conversation. Oh, sure. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, but, yeah, please go listen to that. Hopefully you enjoy that. Also, let us know how our audio is, because I just... Do you hear less crack now? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're trying. We're always... Tell us which episodes like sound better to you quality-wise, because it's hard in the moment for me, and our producer abandoned us today. So we can't even look at the audio levels. It's up to me to talk, post, and like just eyes back and forth. It's a little harder. So let us know when you hear an episode that seems like it's substantially better, if it's that one, if you like The Last of Us audio, whatever that may be. <laughs> And then we are next week going to be reviewing Hustlers and Arrival. It's going to be a congested schedule. There's probably going to be a lot of uploads going up at once. This will be sandwiched between The Last of Us, and then we'll have Hustler and Arrivals up probably during this weekend because I kind of want to rush to get everything out because I don't want to delay Palm Springs at all um, just because that'll be new. Hopefully we're, there won't be a lot of people talking about it other than like randos on Twitter. So you can, if you want an engaging conversation that's like an hour long about that, we're probably going to be like one of three places to get that. A good conversation It's probably going to tackle most of the sci-fi aspects of it. Yeah. yeah. I probably will steer it towards that. <laughs> and I'll probably just talk a lot about, you know, the human aspects of it. Uh, we may, we're debating what to, to do that with maybe Groundhog Day. If you've got any input, please email us at azmovieclub at gmail.com. Or go ahead, you can uh, directly message us or comment on any of our posts on Facebook. Right, we do have a Facebook you can also add us on Twitter or uh, also send us a DM or add us on Instagram. Uh, comment on any post there. We're running posts for the Wally episode. We're running, I'm trying to boost as much as I can. As soon as I get The Last of Us up, we'll do that because that still seems like it's pretty pertinent to the zeitgeist. But yeah, let us know. We're always open to feedback. I mean, we're 26 episodes in. It certainly feels like more than 26, but realistically, we're going to change as much from here to 52 as we have from 1 to 26. So. Always trying to improve, always trying to get better. Please let us know how you think that we can be better because we're we're not stubborn, even though like our opinions may seem. <laughs> we're, we're stubborn about our movie opinions. We're not stubborn about the change to the actual quality we're of the podcast. What we will watch, so just give yeah. us suggestions and we'll watch it. We'll watch trash. If you just like us dissing trash, we're not against that. Uh, the only thing, when movies come back to theaters, we will be reviewing probably the most pertinent release every week. Uh, sometimes two or three. I, I've got a problem. And I'm sure once it's finally safe, I'll want to go see a lot of movies in theaters. Uh, so look forward to Palm Springs. Look forward to that Maeve Higgins interview. 
uh, and look forward to arrivals arrival in hustlers coming this week. Without further ado, we're gonna we're gonna dive in to Brace of the Serpent. Odd choice to go with Wally, uh, not because but they're, they're so different. So yeah, it makes sense, but it's also I don't want to say repetitive themes because this is the much more adult conversation about capitalism. But it's so this is more I would say broadly about uh, colonization and the direct impact that it has on the cult, the people that are still there versus trying to go with like the even. So Wally's a broader scope. If that makes sense, it's more about the entire world and, like, what, and what we risk with like, uh, you know, global, global warming, climate change, all of those things that we do have to think about, but this is, and that's, that's like a weird criticism of capitalism and a lot of things, but this is more specifically about the effects, I believe, of the people left behind and about the people that, like, their lives have been affected by settlers coming through, you know, destroying the land for uh, rubber, in this case, and, like, basically, even worse, the cultural impact on, like, the people and the way I was telling Andy that, I mean, it's, there are parts that are definitely a brutal <laughs> indictment of the Catholic Church. It's it's weird because this movie at once is like condemning everything, but ultimately kind of about forgiveness at the end. It's what is your take on that? Because there are there are definitely specific events in the movie that I kind of brushed to the side because that wasn't what interested me. But it seems like you were more drawn to those events versus just like the themes it was talking about, or that's the read I got on you. And that's wrong by all means. Let me know. No, 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 you hit that on the head, and it's funny. You, <laughs> you made me smile right at the end of it because it's the exact. It's exactly what you said, just vice versa for me. The the ideas of uh, religious fanatics and whatnot that was so like in the periphery for me. Like the themes that you're talking about, the high level themes are absolutely right on. Um, but at the heart, this is a movie about uh, like a buddy road trip movie down the Amazon River. <laughs> of, you know, like an indigenous guide and then a Western doctor at two different time periods, jumping kind of back and forth a couple of times, telling this, a very similar story of a quest for a sacred plant. And then kind of the, I don't want to say misadventures necessarily, but the things that they encounter along the way, uh, there is like a burned out old mission and you're seeing that the time jump between, you know, uh, 1907 and then 1937 or, or late in the 30s, early 40s, something like that. It's implied. Uh, and just kind of how the passage of time has worn everything down. And then, like Tyler's absolutely saying, it's because of this this awful rubber industry, which I, I'm a history nut, and I knew, like, an itty-bitty bit about it, like, just that it existed. And then this movie made me do, like, a ton of Googling, and it was, like, the craziest read ever. It It's funny, because, like, even we talked about the oddness of pairing this with Wally, which it is, but the oddness of pairing it, so, like, this is the second week in a row where we clearly did counter-programming to a big movie. Whereas next week, for example, to hit for the most part. Uh, yeah, Arrival and Hustlers. But what's odd, uh, what I was thinking about specifically while watching it, is the parallels in a good way towards Embrace of the Serpent of the Fountain. Um, oh, okay. I was real critical about the way they kind of like, to me, dangerously portray, even though it's not the film directly like saying this is the timepiece we're telling, it's the author or whatever. But it's like pretty specifically depicting the conquistadors as good guys. This film is like not. It's about like, hey, all these colonizers are fuckheads. <laughs> and, you know. A direct quote from the movie. <laughs> and it's, I'm sure there is a large swath of people out there that the first couple lines of dialogue in this film are just going to be like, blah, 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 because he legit, uh, damn, I need to pull up his name. I don't want to butcher his name. Karamakate. Uh, Karamakate. He, do we see the young, yeah, we see the young version of him first. And uh, Theo von Martius. So, hold on, before we get going, I want to read if I can open. I know you, you keep talking. You're good. While I struggle with my phone. No, so I mean, essentially, and I'm I'm riffing here. This is not the exact quote of dialogue, but it's something along the lines of, "I don't help white people because he's pertinently aware of all the damage that have been done to his people because of white people." And so, a lot of people will take a will see this unflinching look. At the effects, again, it's not necessarily depicting a lot of murder or anguish. It's not interested in bringing up old wounds just to, like, make people... You know, it's not interested in shock value or any kind of, like, hey, remember this, this is so horrible. 
it does it in a real subtle way that like some some people will say it's too on the nose. I think when you think about it could have just been like devoted to a redepiction of just awful things. It doesn't want to be that. It is very much interested in like how do you move on if you're those people? Like what is life after this look like? And that's not a sexy topic for a lot of movies to talk about. I mean, even like, you know, you can pull parallels from every story, this type of storytelling anywhere, but even the last of us, like part two, people aren't always interested if they like how the story ends or they just, they're not interested in like how life keeps moving on. This movie is, and it's don't you're right. It's not a recommendation I'd have for damn near a lot of people in my life, <laughs> but I found it. Yeah. Like I, the title was so boring and I got to be honest, your first word, like, this is why you need to watch it, was not a good elevator pitch. But when I saw the trailer, I, when I, said, I don't remember, but I, like you said it, and all I could think was, that sounds boring <laughs> I shit. saw this movie, like, I don't know, four or five months ago, mm -hmm. something like that. And I was so excited, I went to Tyler, and he's like, no, <laughs> not, not good at all, we're not doing that. And here we are a few months later, we were on episode 26, I got him to talk about it. So uh, I want to read this little, little quick intro here. So this is uh, the little button uh, in front of the title card when the movie actually starts here. So it says, It is not possible for me to know if the infinite jungle has started on me, the process that has taken many others to complete an irremediable insanity. In this case, I can only apologize and ask for your understanding, for the display I witnessed in those enchanted hours was such that I find it impossible to describe in words its beauty and splendor. All I know is that when I came back, I had become another man. Theodore von Martius, Amazonas, 1909. That shit, I love. Like, it's it's the coolest thing for me. Like, the coolest intro to, to one of these types of movies. Love yeah. this timestamp. That, don't get me wrong, not a bad quote or anything like that. For me, that doesn't immediately draw me into it. It's oh, just, man. I, I want visual table setting. I want, I, I need something more than a quote. And especially when a quote's that dense and you're trying to, like, just read it real fast. Like, I'm sure. Sure, I remember seeing that and reading that, but you rereading it now, I gained a little more clarity on like, oh, that's what he was talking about instead. And I'm not even a slow reader, but I'm still sitting there like, you you don't know how long you have, so and I'm not pausing it. I'm just like, what? Okay, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm trying to read everything. Oh, I, yeah, that's crazy because you and we we so seldom talk about ourselves on this one, but Tyler is a bit of a poet, and that is like the most like historical, awesome, manly poetry. Like, I, I couldn't think of a better way to describe that, so that shit, like, just hit me. And I'm I, I'm so not creative in that way at all. Yeah, uh, so I've got to be honest. Delivery matters in reading. Reading blank text that's that dense is a lot. And how he would want to, because it's just a quote and not a poem, I think that the delivery, it becomes even more on just a reader to read the sense and interpret it a certain way. And while, like, don't get me wrong, there's some, there's definitely some good uh, grammatical use as far as just like interesting words um, that make it sound beautiful. It's also just, it doesn't really say a lot about the movie other than it's in a jungle and like things happen that changed me. But it's also kind of like what we don't have. This is why, like I said, I opening a movie with quotes not always my favorite way to do it. I like visual table setting, just kind of like get a vibe of where we're going. And it does, like, I like how it opens. Um, I don't think like, some really beautiful cinematography that's not flashy. Just like, you know, you're in a fucking sweet location. And this is all Use that. Boys, yeah. We said that yet. yeah. We have a good distinction there because. <laughs> and in a mixture of like Brazilian and a couple other languages, I think. There are some just standard Spanish in there too, yeah. for sure. Because those were the lines, a couple lines like, oh, yeah, I heard that word. Well, when they get to the, the like Catholic mission, they're definitely trying to just speak regular Spanish because they're, uh weed out the indigenous speak from them pretty much but um but yeah so so the movie just starts let's just kind of get into this one so the movie starts with theoban martius he gets uh paddled up his servant is named manduka so we're gonna mm -hmm. remember all these names so that way we don't get confused so him and manduka walk up they find karamakate the world mover so already he's got like a cool name what do we know why is he called the world mover and they just pretty much say hey this westerner's sick like Tyler said He's very not interested in helping these white people yeah. at all. He even calls him like a uh, like a cobolo or something. It sounds like this. That's like this world version. Like, hey, you're subservient to these white people. Like, you know, shame on you for submitting to them, whatnot. And he's under the impression that he's the last of his own people. Correct. Okay. Yep. And 
the, the, the doctor is saying, hey, just get me to these people downriver and, you know, everything will be good. Karamakati says, that's impossible. They're, they're gone. I'm the last of them. And he says, nope, here's my necklace. It's from a shaman. That's, I saw them two years ago. You need to get me there. I'm going to die. I need to get this plant. And he kind of wins them over. Yeah. And it is uh, a time jump movie where it's constantly just, or jumping back and forth between this time, what we just start with, and the younger version of Karamakate, and then the older version of Karamakate, and another... Did you pick that up right away? Yeah, almost right away. I, I just turned to Alexis right away. I was like, that's the same version of him. That's that's that guy, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm pretty time, sure that is. The first time it took me longer than I cared with me. The old version, they were like canoeing down the river, and he's like, oh shit, here's me on this book. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. On that book. I think it maybe took us five, ten minutes. And <laughs> okay. then we were like, or five, ten minutes into the second I gotcha. jump. Um, so, and, oh, I just wanted to, because I know you put down quotes. I don't have the exact quote, but there is, when we f- are first introduced to the older Karamakate and Evan, the second scientist who shows up and explains that it wouldn't be a botanist, damn it. What it would it be called? Basically, he studies plants for his living. And he, he tells Karamakate, like, when he's looking for the same plant that he originally found with his, uh, like, or with the first scientist, yeah. or didn't find, I guess, because he died before they got there. So the second scientist, he comes there under the guise of, like, I just need to dream. I want to have vision dreams, and I know that your Krona plant, the sacred one, is still around, and I know that there's someone who can help get me there. Are you that guy? And so he, he tells him it's only just to have the vision dreams. He's yeah. not sick, the way the first doctor yeah. is sick. But he tells him, he goes, when Karamakate asks, why are, basically, why are you looking for it? He says, Evan tells him, I've devoted my life to plants. Yes. And Karamakate has the, is not a rough quote here of just, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard a white person say. <laughs> yeah, but I guess if, if this this one might sting, there's a lot of, I guess, anti-white talk. I guess there's no other way of saying it that way. Like, he's literally just saying, like, the white people don't have any knowledge. The whole movie is just about these indigenous people appreciating knowledge, medicinal or uh, astrological, whatever it may be, and just kind of the divide there of, of saying... White people will never understand this. You can't. You can't possibly do yeah, that. Like how many sides does a river have? One, two, no, it's infinite. You know, yada, yada. And so they just kind of hammer that a bunch of times. And then, not, not to spoil anything, I mean, we're going to get there. Everyone is enlightened at the end of it, I think. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, if you have a problem with that, but just for clarification, uh, if you have a problem with pro-black movements or pro-indigenous movements, that may be because you're getting your history confused. Every pro-white movement throughout history has involved anti-blackness, has involved the destruction of another race, whereas the pro-blackness, the pro-indigenousness within this film and historically has been to just preserve their own lives, not tear other lives down, uh, which is a big distinction and why most pro-white movements, I'm sure Annie's aware, is liking history, have just been about killing other people, taking land, it's never, it's always a lie. And this movie is about preserving life, preserving plants, preserving nature. And if that's not your type of movie, that's it's okay. It's definitely, it's a little dry. I was telling Andy, I would have preferred it just to be a tad more cinematic. Not that I had big complaints, but it definitely has some lulls. It's, um, and not that I mind a slow movie at all. It's just, it could have, and it, luckily it wasn't too long. It didn't overstay its welcome too much. But I think there's just a couple ways maybe you could reframe or reshoot it and you get more of a... I think you would even get more of that road trip buddy vibe that you're, you're talking about. Because I think, while I agree that it has some of those elements, I don't know if that would be everyone's takeaway from this movie. It's it's definitely uh, a little more serious than that, I think, with its its ideas and its themes. And so I think some cinematic just like uh, just shots the way you do everything could have maybe made up for that. Yeah, very true. Yeah, it, the, the, the jungle was shot beautifully. Like you said, a lot of uh, wonderful cinematography in this one. And uh, yeah, Buddy Road Trip, you know, no one's like slapping each other on the knee, having a good old time, that kind of thing. But I, I mean that only in the sense that everyone is traveling in every single scene. <laughs> like, like Pretty no much, yeah. Hardly stationary except when they get to that mission. Um, so, so just to kind of, kind of, uh, yeah, we set the groundwork. There's a young version traveling with Sick Doctor, older version uh, traveling with, with a healthy doctor who just wants to dream. Just to hammer that, that a little bit more, in the older version, that Karamakate has now been by himself for 30 years. So we don't know what happened to the first pair of scientists or anything, you know, but, but we know that Karamakate is alone 
and he's just painting this epic wall painting of, of uh, his what he's been dreaming from from taking this hallucinogenic poppy is what it's called like this uh, plant and the second plantist says hey could you make that for me I want to do that let's let's make a batch of that and you, and Karamakate essentially just starts crying that evening because he's like I, I don't even remember how to make my my people's medicine like yeah it's been me for thirty years painting on rocks like just being lonely that was like some of the most crushing loneliness I've ever seen in a movie and then. The next day, he kind of goes to the, the scientist and says, I don't remember how to get to where we're going to the plant, but let's set out and maybe we can remember along the way. And they kind of just set out and, and kind of uh, up as they go along. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, what, how do you want to do plot wise? Do you want to kind of like relay those beats, how you felt about getting to each beat? Like, I really, I did enjoy. I thought the time jumps were really well done. Didn't make anything confusing. Um, can be time jumps can be poorly done pretty easily. Mm -hmm. I thought this film did a really good job of that. Yeah, there's only a few, uh, and you only go back and forth. I think like two or three times. Yeah, and then the movie. So they're they're long. It's not stories. incredibly jarring or anything yeah. like that. Um, and I mean, it to me, it's like the content of within that road trip. Finding out more about Karamakate, I think, is obviously a reason to uh, pay attention. And then there's just like, like I said, for me, <laughs> any film that wants to uh, take pot shots, well-directed pot shots at organized religion, I'm here for it. <laughs> and uh, in case you haven't heard, the Spanish Inquisition happened, and the Catholic Church has committed atrocities throughout time. And this movie does it without being heavy-handed or anything. They run into the same mission that they ran into the first time. And I'm trying to remember, okay, no, Manduka, okay, yeah, that's when everything, like, actually went down, went down. And the second time around is when he makes that stuff for him, and it's, like, goes Jim Jones level of insanity. <laughs> yeah, so in the, so we'll cut back to the uh, earlier one with the sick doctor. There's three rules, you know, if they're going to, uh, you know, go on this mission, he can't eat any meat or fish, and that, that's important. Like, there's a reason I'm bringing it up. They can't cut down any trees and they can't have any sex. Like, that's the whole thing that Karamakate says. Hey, I'll do this for you. You won me over. I'll take you on this you know, journey to, they call it the workshop of the gods is where the Yakuna plant is. So like, okay, we got to get down there and, you know, get you this, this healing plant. And uh, then see, I think the next major thing, we'll just kind of go, I, I think I, I just took notes in order of black beats. The next major thing is they come across like the rubber tree harvest Kind of thing, and then it's revealed that Manduka, the the servant of Von Martius, has like all those whipping uh, scars on his back. Mm -hmm. So he was uh, like a, a runaway from a rubber plantation, and the, he, so he they come across this kind of clearing with all these trees, you know, in buckets holding. Manduka goes on a rage, you yeah, know, dumps them all over, and then in walks like uh, or I guess not to be insensitive, but in hobbles this guy with these busted up legs. He's missing an arm. He's had like an eye put out, and. Through you know uh, some quick exposition, we figure out oh okay you know this is going on widespread. Uh, rubber barons are just you know uh, enslaving these people, torturing them to death if they don't collect this rubber. Yeah. Yada yada. And he just begs to be shot. And then I took that as the gun misfires because Manduka tries to straight shoot that guy in the head. We took it. So I took it and uh, I asked Alexis. I was like, is that? We took it as a blank. Oh okay. Well, but, blank or misfire? I guess yeah. Same thing. I should have said yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, when you said misfire, I thought you meant just like, like he just was like let the gun pull up or something whenever he shot. No, he that was like on. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. That. Miss at that point, and then yeah. So I guess I don't want to say blind luck because that guy probably did get tortured to death. Like that's that's not good for anybody. That gun should have gone off. With, with it. Yeah, there was a man. That one's tough because there's that's a real philosophical thing of. He wanted to die. Should is should they have let him die? Like worth at that point when it's literally work and torture and. But, but Karamakate feels differently. Obviously, he was the one. I mean, I think Theo cared too, but Karamakate was like, "Do not kill him." Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Well, he, he was mad that the gun was brought uh, in secret. He thought there was no guns on the journey as well, so he was pretty pretty uh, bent out of shape after that. Yeah, because that's not a thing that's just regular around that uh around the forest. It doesn't grow out of trees. So why would you bring a gun, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's just a pretty haunting shot of, like, that guy just staring at them, like, as they're... Yeah, like, later on. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. It's real It's real creepy, I think. And then... So, yeah, they kind of have, like, these key stops. You see that one? Then then it goes to the village that they stay at for the night, correct? 
like the or the small village when they have a little time together. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun scene. I thought that was fun. Yeah, interesting that so like Karen Makate even has some like he cares to not learn knowledge from white people and to not continue his knowledge, but he thought it was bullshit that Theo was like, Oh well they can't learn this and that because it's different. And while he clearly cares about tradition, he was also like, hey, if these people want to let them, want to learn and take a compass to learn, you need to let them. That's yeah. that's horseshit on your part. You know, so I thought that, you that was that interesting within his own... Like that he was conflicted on those, or...? Not that he was conflicted, it's just, I think it would have been easy to feel like he would have even been on Theo's side, in a sense, like, don't change their traditions, but Theo wasn't. He was just like, let them learn if they want to learn. Yeah. But it was clear he wasn't interested in learning that. If there was, a, I, I, I know the exact moment you're talking about because I've seen this a few times. Like, if Sorry. there was one moment or quote that did feel a little, little shoehorned or inserted, was kind of that one right there where he could say, "Yeah, like knowledge belongs to all men. You can't, you know, it's some epic, <laughs> you know, long quote." Which I mean, it's still agreeable, of course. Like, yeah, if, if it's out there, like you shouldn't harness anybody's ability to learn. I, I see what you're. But I just think he I didn't think it's he didn't want any knowledge. I think he just doesn't yeah. want any part of no, white, white Western culture. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I don't I didn't take it as shoehorned in. I liked it. I just thought it was interesting because we wouldn't have assumed that he would be like for that necessarily um, beforehand. So I thought that was an interesting. I think it was just another way to give um, some character and some depth to Karamakate. Besides, like I guess we would assume is he a shaman technically. You know, he can make these medicines and everything, and it's called the World Mover. He was somebody important. Yeah. He must have been to the, the Quijuano people, I think is what they're called, and, and they only mention that like once or twice. And and that scene that you that you brought up where, where they go there and they're kind of having like uh, uh, like a trading or whatever, he, he has his compass stolen by the chieftain, and they try to like trade him and give him some you know food and things like that. And he says, no, I don't want that. I need my actual compass yeah. to, to navigate. It's a little tense, and like the chief's like you know uh, bodyguards and everything, kind of like get in front of him, like, hey, there's going to be conflict if you press this. But I would have tried to make a better like verbal argument, like, hey, if you ever want to see me again, like you have fun when I stop by, like I need that fucking compass, or or I'm never getting back here again. But he just kind of, yeah, he, I think he's defeated. I mean, what's what's he gonna do really? But I would have liked to, to press it a little more. But I think that showed for all of like what he wanted to be good intention, good natured read the room and I think the goodwill he would have earned from Karamakate probably would have been worth the loss of the compass, especially when you got someone that seems like they're good at getting around. I thought he was like I think that just went to show like I'll just cards on the table. I do not care about Theo or Evan at all. Like this movie is the Karamakate show in my opinion. And I that's like who who I wanted to learn more about. And that in the jungle was a character up in it in and of itself, like the atrocities that have happened here and like what's still going on. Really interesting stuff. Like those were the two things I was interested in more. I was like, get these honkies out of here. I do not care about Theo or Evan at all. Okay. So, so since you're bringing that up, let me ask. I did like Evan more at first. And then obviously he turned out to be the more scumbag intentioned of the two, of course. Why would you, I mean, I guess I could see your, your issue with Evan because he, he reveals his true intentions that we'll cover in a second, but why wouldn't you be a fan so just but even Manduka at the beginning says, "Hey, this man is a a, a wise man. He's you know, like if we don't keep him alive and keep his good work going, like no one will ever learn anything about this." Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like again, I think Theo's intentions, of course, were um, were of course more pure. Uh, Evan, we find out eventually, was there for plastic. But Evan definitely comes off less pushy at first, and I know Theo like is going, you know, he obviously has a need for Rush, but he pressed issues when, it, like, it really wasn't necessary, um, and it just kind of, I think assuming, like, oh, of course I belong, like, losing the contextual awareness of where you are, like, what your presence and your skin color means in these parts is just, like, you just become, in a weird way, as smart as he was, like a dumb bimbo in the same sense, like, read the fucking room, you know what I mean, Theo? Um, and it's weird, I think that's why Evan wasn't pushy at first, right? Like, or he was more aware, but also more sinister underneath, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I guess, yeah, he, he also had a little bit, he didn't have the compass problem. Yeah. The same way. yeah. Maybe he would have responded the same way. Uh, who knows? But I, I, I can hear what you're saying about that. So, um, 
then to keep that moving still in the same uh, time frame, the older one, they share a dream. Karmakate and Theo share a dream at the same time. He's like, well, that's impossible. And he sees it like in his drawing. And I think that's when kind of like steps Theo a little bit more anyway. And Theo tries to give him his necklace. And Karmakate is like, no, you keep that. That's you because you're like one of us now. That's what I took that part. Of. When he like shows him that that etching, that picture, mm -hmm. uh, and he's like, that steals my soul. Uh, I forget what he what he put that. Oh call. yeah. Um, and they try to like exchange gifts essentially, and they tell each other to keep it. Mm -hmm. that, that whole part, obviously not true, but very interesting take on. And I think there, I mean, there's other like folklore similar to it where like pictures steal your soul. Um, yeah, but. It's weird because I don't think he meant it as like steal your soul. It's just interesting that he was just. I took it more as pictures are just. It, it is funny because Theo talked about it being memories, which is correct, but also I don't think what Karen Makate was saying is wrong either. Mm -hmm. It's a hollow version of yourself that's like presented to everyone else. And I don't even think he meant that in some. We I joked about Galaxy Brain where he wasn't like, I'm so much deeper. Yeah. But it's like, in a weird way, it is true. Like, that's just what people see of you. There's no context to that. And it is a version of you that is now floating just a moment through the now. ether. Whoa, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, I, I, without like it being trying to be like, we're right. It was just like interesting seeing that in like yeah. how Theo explained it versus like, well, he's kind of, he feels similar. Yeah. Um, but he just, Karamakate has more because of who he is and like his people and everything has a more, I mean, pessimistic worldview than uh, Theo for damn sure. You you're, you're the last of your kind. Yeah. <laughs> by everybody, yeah, you're probably not feeling so good. <laughs> um, and I don't know if, if uh, you'll agree with me on this one, but the, uh, oh, you know, and, and we've talked about in the past how, and, and a very important thing for you, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this or not, is that every, uh, like, like that moment where they're there uh, at the water exchanging that picture, uh, when they're rowing and, and uh, Theo's like dictating that love note to his wife and, and Karma kind yeah. of throws him. All of those moments, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that those moments felt more earned. Like for what we were seeing, everything leading up to those moments felt appropriate, not forced. And uh, yeah, like not necessarily comic relief because that really is the only part where you're even cracking a smile. But yeah. Like, God, I love that moment so much. Even there's a smile during this movie. I did really enjoy that moment. And I think there's like, there's connotations and there's context to everything. I think what that even goes to show in a weird way is for all the, the truths to like colonization can be bad. And I, you know, as anti-technology as they, they deservedly can be and should be, um, Man, all, the way things used to be were extremely misogynistic, <laughs> and uh, you were not allowed to show weakness as a man, which is like, we've already come full circle because we've already had the Karamakate crying scene, so it's just kind of like, did old age do that to him? What totally did that to him? And it just like shows that, you know, like all those things were always dumb. Um, yeah. That's like, it can't be completely on the good side of everything here. It is just, I mean, and I... It, I I don't want this to sound bad and say like it's a basic culture or anything by that, but I mean that, that does shine through and, and it comes through across all is just the idea of like oh what a wimp this guy is yeah like talking to his wife like, yeah <laughs> like, he doesn't even speak German like Theo's dictating in German to Manduka and he just knows he's like it sounds like you're about to cry <laughs> like, 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 and then just the uproarious laughter that the Karmakaji has like it's just it's heartwarming like, yeah it, maybe a weird word but like dang it, it just it makes me smile so much every time. Um, and then uh, major thing just to kind of keep this moving a comet lands and it's uh, Karmakate says to them like like later that evening yeah, the comet when it landed it transformed into a snake and it demanded that I kill you but then the jaguar commanded that I protect you and that's kind of where like that yin and yang is at and Theo's just kind of like okay cool <laughs> well keep protecting me then uh, yeah I think I'm with Theo like I, I know you have like oh all these things I'm just no, like he says, no no I know but like you're like what do you think the comment meant oh, blah yeah, blah blah yeah. don't care <laughs> like that's that's just really how it was and not again not in a bad way just like the least interesting part of it to me yeah so and, and then so while he's describing that the film is old but like I, no, I hear you. pretty engaged in most of the stuff going on but that stuff I was like eh. And so while the, the comet lands, Karmakate is telling Theo about this. He also gives Theo, for the first time, uh, like the, the hallucinogenic version of, of the medicine. And he's like, hey, you'll get kind of like a, like a dream quest, a fever dream, whatever. And Wait. The, the jaguar will speak. 
Quick question. Yes. Was the thing I forget the name of the plant he gave him the hallucinogenic. It felt like it was implied towards the end that was the plant. Like he had it all along and was making him go through this journey because he wanted to find his people. Oh. That was kind of it I wasn't clarified, seen. but I was I was I asked Alexis and she wasn't sure either. I was like, was he and not in a mean way, but like was he conning him the whole time? Like he deservedly this guy knew where his people was, fucking deserved to know where they were. But was he just like making you wait out the medicine <laughs> until we get there because I had the ingredients all along? I hear where you're coming from. I don't think it was that. I think there's various levels of, of like this okay, yeah. potency. And the reason I say that is because at the end, uh, I wrote down the name of it. They call it like the Medora copy. It's the most powerful. And he says that he's like, oh, okay. I can only make that with the Yakruna. We've got to go get the Yakruna for Okay, gotcha. And I, and I think they're kind of doing like yeah, like watered-down versions of it as the movie's going on. He teaches a watered-down version of it to the young school children, or the, or like the, the children at the mission once they get there, and we'll probably get there right now. Um, yeah, because that's basically the next logical step here. Was, I think so, yeah. Um, to me, hands down, the most powerful scene of it all, because... Well, the first I, part, or just the entire... Uh, the entirety of it, but especially the first part, because that's where I liked... I didn't dislike Manduka, but I think probably as as Karamakata did, gained a new respect for him in that moment. Because he does seem like he's fine just doing everything Theo says for the for the most part. And while the killing of that one guy would could be debatable, like him just showing zero restraint and pulling the trigger did kind of show a lack of like life. And it, it, like I think it's sad to just kind of see someone like in real time lose their the sense of their culture, both because he feels like his life has been preserved because of a white person, even though it's also been destroyed. You're talking about Manduka. Yeah, okay. and like seeing that in conflict within a person, even however small, because like, I don't think too much of it is there, but there are definite moments, and I think like you gain, just like I as a viewer, just like Karamakate, I think, is meant to have in that moment, gain a new respect for him. Teaching those children, like, realizing everything here sucks, and this is not how it's supposed to be, and then also basically putting the beat down on that shithead priest. Yeah, yeah, so, so they, they get here to, like, an old Spanish mission. It's one older priest and uh, 30 young, uh, like, indigenous children that are, are being, like, their culture is getting coached out of them. They're getting pulled uh, traditional Spanish. And, and when, when you say coached, no, it's getting beat out of them yeah, because... Yeah, you know, I, was, yeah, I was leading into that. <laughs> that's why Manduka <laughs> throws that haymaker. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, that evening, it all happens in the, the, the space of one evening. You, you can tell the vibe is very much uh, Karmakate's been here before, like when he was a child. That, like I, I picked that, or that's what oh, I got very much because he even said he's like I've been in a place like this. He started. Remember, he he straight threw that Bible quote at the priest. You remember that? Oh yeah, that's like, right. He didn't get that from nowhere. Like so that that was you know uh, that that's like a King James Bible type like type quote. And so he spent some untold amount of time in this place, whatever. Cause then he even kind of identifies with the children like, Hey, yeah, this place and this place sucks. Let me teach you how to make, uh, you know, copy or, or, uh, whatever they call Kapai, it. Yeah. Yeah. Kapai. Um, Something um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of different names. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, Cause they also call it Mambe. They call it yeah. a different one. I think Mambe is maybe the, the lighter version that they're having. But anyway, um, so that, that was kind of the present day yeah, Manduka, uh, Beats, I think, the priest to death. I don't know if he just knocked him out there, or do you think it was to death right there? It's weird, because the punch doesn't seem like it's a death blow, yeah. but then the ensuing shot that lingers kind of makes it feel like maybe he killed him. like running off into the... Yeah. Because, and you kind of think, oh, that's just the end of that. You know, we, we, we heard that story, and then... Okay, I guess we'll just kind of jump right to what it looks like when Evan and older Karma... Yeah, we, dub we double back to there, and uh, somehow things have gotten worse. We have a straight up Jesus impersonator yeah, like pulling level. some Jim Jones level shit. Yeah, a new level messiah that has a child bride. You, 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 yeah, you go ahead and you talk about all of what you think happened in that thirty years. So what I did you think that? I think at some point the Catholic Church probably started stop sending more overt resources to out to like the middle of nowhere. Whether that's because, like, I would guess it's a lack of. We feel like we've milked all the rubber. And while I'm sure there are, like, high-level Catholic, whatever, the open chip, they're just sitting there going, um, you know, we, we still feel like there's religious things to be done, et cetera, et cetera. But if the government's like, no, we're done, you're not sending resources there, you can keep the church alive, 
but like I'm sure there were no updates. There was no like rigid checking in. Yeah. And so you're seeing the natural 30 year systemic decay into what has essentially become a giant like like a Catholic uh, window setting, but it's really like just a more obvious cult. There's nothing systemic about it anymore. It's like one guy, I'm Jesus, and this like is my child bride, and I <laughs> do what I say. But yeah. like, also, I'm an belligerent drunk, so you can probably just get away with doing whatever you want. The weird moral high ground justified with murder has now been replaced with just like insanity with murder. They're both awful, but like in their own different ways. Because uh, like, I don't want to make it seem like this is somehow all that much worse than what the Catholic Church was doing in the first place. It's just, like, a really interesting juxtaposition of, again, how, like, what what happens when everyone leaves? Because eventually you're going to milk this land for what you think it's worth instead of, like, the worth of its people, and then you're going to bounce. And how does everything you've done to them affect them long-term? And so, like, I, I don't know the historical accuracy of, like, that specific part, but I, like, don't think it'd be too far-fetched to see it, something like that happen um and then really just them like begging uh or him saying like i'm gonna kill you karamakate if you don't make this kapai and then he makes them just a big ass batch and they all drink it like i said can't be like it just really does feel really without being a perfect like one-to-one it does feel very eerily especially that whole scene jim jones-esque because they lose their who knows if they die or i don't know how you took that but like it's enough that there's so much pandemonium going on that everyone's tripping, freaking out. Things are lit on fire, I think, if I remember correctly. And then Karen sure, yeah. Kopp is like, nope, I'm going to bounce. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're 100% dead. <laughs> he poisoned all of those people. Yeah, so so in the, in the new one that we're flashing forward to, so Evan and Karamakate get up there. The, a quick little side thing that's important is Evan had picked up a little seed pod from a rubber tree plant along the way and even made a comment like, I've never seen this strain before. That's interesting. I'm a plant man. Yada, mm-hmm. yada. And I think Karamakate even says, like, that's interesting. Look, but don't touch. Like, don't don't mess with anything. And he steals the seed pod and then has to turn that over when they first meet the Messiah guy. They oh, get, I don't think I even caught up on that part. It, yeah, it was important because Karamakate, like, looked at him like, are you stealing shit from this jungle? Like, what did I tell you? Like, you know, don't don't mess with anything. And so, uh, yeah, they, they go through, meet the Messiah. I what I the way I took it is is whether the priest died from the punch, you know, in, in the earlier scene, or maybe he got up and lasted a little longer, whatever. Yeah, they definitely didn't send anybody after him. Whether they told him, hey, you're gonna die there, you know, and not be relieved, and, and that's gonna be that, or it just didn't work out. Whatever, doesn't really matter. They've just kind of gone unchecked, these young boys, which the youngest or the oldest one was probably like 10, 12. Like they look really young. Yeah. So now they're in their early 40s. They, one guy, just I guess like if, if again, left unchecked, this is how any pocket of people is going to work. One guy will, will, you know, climb to the top of it, step on other, kill people. Who knows what happened? I'm sure to become that weird, crazy messiah. They're living on that hallucinogenic stuff that Karmakate taught them the one night that they were there. So, like, he literally got there. Maybe Manduka. No, Karmakate taught them that. I thought it was Manduka. No, no, it was Karmakate. When he comes out there... Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Hey, this is the story. The sun came and... uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. And so he teaches them that, and then they leave that night. So I didn't catch that the first time around. So he's like, oh, he's the reason they've gone into, like, a psycho trance. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. Years. Yeah. That's a hundred percent Karamakate. So he like, if, if you're looking for like the religious, you know, like Karamakate giveth and Karamakate taketh away because he's straight poison those people in the later one when he's older, uh, the, the, the Messiah who's gone completely nuts. Well, of course he is. He thinks he's a Messiah. He's throwing spears like at his, at his people who are like, you know, gathered around him. And then, yeah, like my child bride is sick. What is it? And Evan's like, yeah, it's leishmaniasis. We got to get out of here. I think the most interesting thing about, like, really, so it's it's interesting because, like, it's criticism of even organized religion in that sense is both as, like, the damaging effects just even at a young age because, in theory, like, I know you talk about a pocket of people rising. I, a lot of, like, indigenous villages and stuff like this didn't always have one overt leader. And I think within religion itself it's very easy to see that it is a designated like patriarchy with god as the father and like we all are subservient to one person and the interesting thing is a lot of those villages at times would 
be more communal and be less about a hierarchy. Um, but even I think that short time being like really like you know imbued with the just brainwashing of the Catholic Church that they kept that hierarchy throughout, and it makes sense because I mean they were literally being whipped and told if you don't do this like we're gonna kill you your children, and so like that's damaging that's long term like some people are able to like wash that out and and get away from it, but like long term you know we came back thirty years later and it's like. That things are things are this way because of how it all started. Like it, I doubt that had they just been a bunch of kids kidnapped and then released, they probably just go on their own way and find a different way of life to live. But because they were like, "Well, this is what we have to do," you know, that's basically what they sat around and did for thirty years. Yeah, they just just did that uh, mambe and, and got nuts, <laughs> got some child brides. Yeah, <laughs> like Jesus, like, man. I mean. I get what you're saying. This movie absolutely is about these, these religious themes and stuff. I don't used to focus on them as much. I mean, as much as it is about those things, I just like what's in front of me. Like, I like well, the journey of what we're seeing. I think those themes and are I, I think, pretty overt like in I those said, moments. Like, gone unchecked. I mean, I think people will get, you know, will be bad, just, just let, let left to their own devices no matter what it is. But, yeah, in this case, it was, it was a church and a, a Catholic mission church. Yeah, I think I don't know. I thought the film was is pretty overt damnation. Like I think that's what's presented to us, and I think the most obvious the most obvious evidence of that is that Karamakate and their loose like uh, religion is a not the correct total word to, to phrase it because it's not subservient to a theist necessarily. It is very much about like a broad, I would say almost a mission statement of like save save the earth and continue these traditions which are not based on like obeying anything other than we obey the earth because we will fuck it up if we don't follow these things like it was very yeah. like this is why we do it it's not to hurt anyone it's not to dominate and it's it's just like to preserve everything and so i think when the film itself presents that as an like as the alternative these people had that preserved them for a long time and preserved life as opposed to like just what came in and ruined it, which is like a mix of colonization and uh, and institutional religion. Yeah, very true. And you can't tell. I I, I think they spent an, an adequate amount of time laying the ground really. Hey, this is why these things are happening. Uh, it is due to the colonization. Without like you're not seeing long scenes of just people being whipped and beaten in like horrible conditions because it's like you can drive those points home with good writing and good content yeah, which, good exposition and yeah this one does which all is what, day long which is what I was talking about earlier where yeah. it's like it doesn't seem like it wants to just like sit there and focus on nothing but for lack of a better word like the torture porn of a sorry thing it <laughs> yeah, doesn't, yeah. it's not interested or even the passion of the Christ is not interested in like, hey, look how disgustingly scarred. Like we get it. The, dude, yeah, the priest was whipping these kids and Manduka. And I do think it's interesting because as much as, as much as Karamakate cares about like culture preservation and everything, we see kind of like the duality within him because he sits there, he hears what's going on outside and chooses not to do anything where we do see Manduka step up. I think, like, that's why I said, I think that's the moment where I, I gained more respect for Manduka. I think Karamakate did as well. Like That did feel almost like Karamakate's moment there. Like, that was going to be him doing that. But it made, it made just as much sense as Man with Manduka. So yeah. I had no, no problem either way with that. Well, he had the scars Manduka did, so maybe he felt more specifically I mean, haunted and by I'm that. I'm wondering, that makes you wonder... Was that from like that kind of like child whipping post at like yeah. the mission, or was it from the the, the rubber, rubber farm? Because you said yeah, he was a rubber worker, so that, that's either or, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then then we're going back to uh, the earlier vignette with Theo von Martin. Uh, he's getting really sick. He's like jittering around. He's like having straight convulsions and whatnot because he's uh, uh, abstained from intercourse. He hasn't eaten any fish. Even though that's like the only meal presented to him for the last couple of days, and so he's you know you know presumably dying of hunger now as well because it was one of you know uh, in his mind these arbitrary rules that are just silly that he's got to abide by. So he in a frenzy like spear fishes and eats a fish out of the river, which which fucks everything up. Karamakate is pissed. He's pretty much like yeah, well I'm I'm done. Why why have I brought you all this way if you're just gonna eat fish and break the rules? Quick side note. So while it's obviously not like the filtered version. 
Was that medicine he's putting in his nose? Was that a cocaine? <laughs> I don't. It seemed to have the effects of like taking him from like this lull to just like instant perk, and he was like, "We gotta do it every couple hours." <laughs> yeah, I, I, there was a moment I, I actually thought that too because uh, Evan unveils uh, in his timeline a little uh, crude envelope full of coca leaves, and so it's like, okay, coca exists for the yeah, that's right. nearby. Mm-hmm. Presumably, you know, crazier things could happen. Maybe he was just doing that, but I. I I don't know how to make cocaine, but I think you've got to refine well, it or do something. That's why I was like, maybe it's it's not like what we think yeah. of, but if it's the plant just crushed up and whatever, it, does it have a similar enough effect? Not the exact same thing. But like I said, he seemed to perk right up and he was just like, <laughs> all right, we're good. Like, he like runs out midway through and then it's just like baby laxative. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought that was just kind of like a, a whatever they were calling that this world's like smaller watered-down version of, yeah. of the Yakruna plant. And then, I mean, we can pretty much take it home to the last major event, which is, like, the ending of both of these timelines. And in the early one, um, his people are there dressed at, like, at, right after he rails about Theo being fat, even though he's, like, a skinny man. Yeah. Um, and just, but, like, American, or just, like, in general, white uh, consumerism sure. and colonization, like, you have no self-restraint. You have no anything. And then almost immediately after, he finds his people who have basically given up. They're wearing like, clothes, white, white clothing. Getting yeah. stoned out of their mind in this tent with, uh, I think, the Yukuna plant. Yeah. And he's just like, what the hell happened? And he just feels betrayed and a uh, big sense of anger. And he straight lights the Ukraine plan on fire, right? Yeah, he goes right over to it after upon seeing that. Gives two shits about Theo, his quest, his life. He could give a damn at this point. He's so angry that, I mean, like like you were talking about just the overall feel for these people of like, yeah, their culture slowly dwindling away. To actually see like the last moment of it like, yeah. evaporating in front of you to then to like literally say, I'm just going to burn this shit down. <laughs> like, that's that's pretty heavy. So yeah, he burns it down uh, uh, right in front of Theo while he just screams Karamakate, like, over the flames. And then presumably, I think Manduka gets him out of there onto their little... On the like, boat, but he dies. Boat. Yeah, he's, he's, he's dead. Because they talk about how Manduka... Uh, Karamakate essentially tells Evan, how, how does book happen? I know this dude was toast. And then he explains that Manduka is the one that was able to send everything he had to Germany. And then we come to the, basically this same, after we see what happened, we come to this same site with Evan and Karamakate back. And there's like one small piece of, the uh, what, damn it, what's the plant called? Yacruna, yeah. Yacruna entire, there's, yeah. There's one flower, not even just one plant. It's like yeah. one blossom. And Karamakate says, I can make this into the powerful drink so you can have your dreams that you were, you know, wanting this entire time. And out comes that knife from, from old Evan. He's like, no, I am a plant scientist, but I, I, we are, there's a war coming is what he says. So it's gotta be world war two on the horizon. Like my people need rubber. They need strong rubber. And this plant is going to win us this war essentially. And Kermakate, I believe he just like decks him or just, he stops him like he's Karamakate is strong. We, yeah, even even older Karamakate, yeah, kind of just like bulldozes him, pushes him over. But he's even so defeated, uh, making it all the way back to the workshop of the gods. Like, yeah, my last probably presumably last thing he wanted to do in life. I mean, he, he doesn't say that, but he's like, yeah, let's get this plant and maybe we'll open the eyes of this this Western doctor and maybe do some good. And the Western doctor is like, psych! I'm just like everybody else. I want that rubber, baby. Yeah, and. They spend several days just, like, chilling there, and then finally, Karamakate, he just kind of convinces him, right, like, get your ass over here, I'm going to show you, like, the effects of this plant, and they take the drink together, if I'm remembering correctly, I watched it, like, four days ago, the exact, I remember the big plot beats and the parts that impacted me, the ending was a little underwhelming this part of the ending. Oh, I thought the first part, the burning it down, super effective. Okay. Um, super resonating. You see that like... It's like the burn stuff down. No, it's just <laughs> seeing the anger in his eyes um, is really like unsettling. It's just like you're like, damn, this sucks. And you... I just... I didn't have the effect I think they wanted it to have, which was Ironically enough, like talking about the last was like choose peace over over hatred, which I think he at this point is kind of like on the hatred side of like 
everyone's a fucking liar. I can't believe all of this. And then he, they do that drink. Does he leave a note? No, he doesn't even leave a note. But he does give him that little speech of like, I thought I was supposed to teach my people. I'm supposed to teach you. And then he's gone the next morning. And I'm like, did he die? Did he, like, what happened? I know he didn't just turn into a spirit. So what's going on here? Again, not that I hated the ending. Uh, still going to rate this movie really highly, but just not very impactful for that second ending. Oh, okay. See, so that, that second ending, I think I, I maybe even liked more than the first. So so uh, just to kind of to talk over it a, a little bit in, in detail was when Evan, the second scientist, holds out the knife to Karamakate, like, I'll straight kill you for this plant if I have to, to bring it back home and, and you know, reproduce this and make rubber. And Karmakate holds the knife up to his own throat and says, you know, go ahead and do it. You know, go ahead and take me. I'm not even, not even interested anymore. But the quote that he gives him, and he's like, uh, you're a, a Chulanakwai. And that's what he called like the hollow uh, uh, mirror imagism. And he's like, and you'll always be one forever. And that guy like trembles. And it, I guess clearly not for you. Like that, like, like that shakes my spine. Like the way that guy trembles and just like in your face, someone who clearly believes what he's telling you. Like, you are a hollow shell for what you've done here, and you'll die that way. Like, he just, it, I, it'll, without saying he's laying a curse on him, lays a curse on him, and then makes the drink. I don't think Armakate drank any of it. Okay, he made yeah. this only for him. Again, I'm not, like I said, I was like, uh, I think this is yeah, to my recreation. I, I, yeah, I've got a few times. So, yeah, he makes the drink only for Evan, and pretty much, like you said, yeah, I, this wasn't meant for, for my people. It's only meant for you, and just leaves him to his vision quest that Theo could not go on. Like, he tried to drink this drink, but just, just couldn't have any fever or any of these vision quests the way Evan does. One of my favorite endings, like it's kind of reminiscent, I guess, of 2001. If you want to liken it to something at the very end when uh, astronauts just flashing those those bright uh, uh, images, that kind of thing. This entire movie is in black and white, and then the last two minutes are in brilliant, stunning color, and just some really interesting images that you're just taking, I guess, to kind of mean enlightenment is <laughs> straight just being bestowed on Evan, like through these images here. And then the movie ends from what, from what I saw, he wakes up alone. Karamakate's long gone. Always will be maybe to go off in the woods and die somewhere. Who knows? His, his, you know, purpose is, is fulfilled. And then as he's walking through all these like butterflies, you know, uh, uh, go up into the air and he stops and, and focuses on the butterflies. The way that I, I took it was in a way that he would not have before. Like, he actually took a second to absorb the world's beauty. And I think that, especially on a rewatch, because there's a scene when Karamakate is standing and a lot of butterflies go up there, and he takes a second and stares at the butterflies. Still, yeah, still not all that effect. Oh, I love it. It's, this, so, it's so cool. One of my minor complaints. Again, going to rank this movie very highly. I really liked it. I think I said my piece about why, why I liked it so much. From the themes to specific character moments, um, feeling, like you said, pretty earned. And just natural. This is, yeah, I, I believe this is what they do. Seeing some really well-done acting of just, like, without too much expression displaying, without too much words and dialogue given to it, really some great expression and seeing internal conflict just conveyed through, like, eyes and emotion and body language. Really wonderful acting uh, by these, and you were saying these are indigenous actors. So just some phenomenal work by them, especially the older and younger Karen Matate. Did you have a preference between the two? Because I do. They're both phenomenal, just with that disclaimer. I really don't. That, that's that's so tough. I, I really don't. Maybe it's, that maybe that's anticlimactic. He's the younger one. Yeah, yeah. He is. I, I, he's, he's given more to chew on emotion-wise. Like, he gets to be more raw. So I think that's... It's a little unfair, but, like, it's just, a to me, the more interesting art. He gets more harrowing moments, for sure. Yeah. We're kind of, like, going through, in some ways, the decay of everything. Even though the jungle is still there and still, I would say vibrant in some to some extent, it's like yeah he's he's got the like more hard to chew on stuff, whereas like the young Karamagate gets to have more just like was, moments, was, yeah, was, just was, like ah, yeah. So, there's something so for me so compelling about like the older guy with like his mind, like like he literally is like yeah, my mind is broken, my memories are gone, and now I'm empty. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ, like that. There's there's so much to, to, to chew on with that guy. Um, I like the young Karamagate at the end of the. Uh, flashback whatever his like eyes and mouth open and like shoot light yeah that was pretty cool kind of similar to the lighthouse which is <laughs> always a film that's there. near and dear to your heart always very much so yeah i think that was pretty much all my uh, uh notes on this one it's a 10 out of 10 for me wow strong ranking 
Uh, it's a nine for me. Oh, okay, okay, nine. So I was thinking, without saying anything ahead of time, we have to crunch the numbers, but I was thinking this week between Wally and this, maybe this was the week that could challenge our no country and uh yeah, potentially, yeah. We'll have to a double nine and a half, and then a nine and a half overall for this. So these both averaged out to nine and a half. No country is going to be hard because it gave it such a leg up. That was and like we, we averaged nine nine on that one. Yeah, I think I did a nine eight. You did a ten, so it's a nine nine. But and what then, did you give Assassination? I think a nine two, and you gave it a. This is great content for the listener. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, <laughs> this is my fault. I think yeah. I think that weekend would still have a slight I edge. I think it's a couple um, points. Damn. If you just if you like this a little bit more, no, I I really like this movie a lot. I cool. I told you I was not opposed to this movie uh, once I watched it, and that I would give it a fair rating. I felt like I give it a fair rating. This is a good one. I really like it. I'm surprised you like it. Like I mean, don't go wrong, great film. I'm surprised you gave it a ten out of ten, considering that like the themes didn't even play into it as much for you. It's it's a little odd because I felt like that was the most powerful stuff. I mean, I I don't mind those things and. And usually that's where feeling is mined from, is themes. You know what I mean? Yeah. The and things feeling that I, matters so much to you. Right? It's not that I ignored those things. Uh, uh, like, I, like, I am a religious person if that hasn't come through. It's not that those things bother me, because you, without too much, it's done amazing things in my life. But I know that left unchecked, yeah, people go nuts. And so I don't mind it depicted poorly, because historically it's been, you know, it's not hard to knock it, especially if you're going to tackle Catholicism, like, that that's pretty ripe right there, but it's, so that's cool. I just like the, the descent. We've talked long about if we ever do Aguirre, <laughs> that'll that'll make sense why I like this one so much. I had to take even if it was point one away, point two away. Fuck snakes, and this movie has a good one minute. Thanks a lot for that, Andy. Good one. Minute. I don't even like looking at snakes. They're yeah, nice. art houses. Only, only fear and light. I can die tomorrow. I'm not scared of that. I'm not scared of being a thousand feet in the air. The only thing in life that I am terrified of is snakes. And this film has just a good... I looked away. I was just like, fuck this movie. It's, it's a one-minute shot of just a bunch of snakes. There's a, like a snake birth scene like with a lot of like crazy indigenous chanting like like over the background. It, it's some art house shit. But I, was, I was not doing that. Right up my alley, dude. <laughs> just not because it's art house, but just... But the Jaguar... That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Jaguars rule. That's why. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's so, not so much. Be. You and Indiana Jones. Snake yeah, me and yeah, snake. snake absolute haters. I don't want to hear what they do for the ecology, whatever. That's fine. Stay the hell away from me. <laughs> and I'm aware we live in Arizona where rattlers exist, uh, but in Tempe it's pretty uh, yeah. cityfied. So there's not a lot of just like wide swaths of desert unless you're living on the edges of the valley. There, you know. You know, it's funny that you said about rattlers. Have you ever met anybody that doesn't know that a rattler, it's, it's in its tail? Like, oh, no. I, I, I mean, talked to somebody the other day that actually thought the rattler was in its head. It's like, oh, yeah, not everybody's from Arizona. What? Yeah. I, no, I didn't know that. No, it's not in its head. It's in No, its no, tail. I know. I mean, like, I didn't know there were people. Yeah. Even really, the yeah. people that made Pokemon who live on the other side of the goddamn world were just like, yeah, Ekans. He's a rattler. <laughs> there's, a tad, there's a tail. It's in the tail. And that's that shit's people made up. You can people. absolutely just people should know. You, they could have faked that. Like there was no reason for Ekans to be somewhat anatomically correct. But here we are. That's a good way to end this on a strong note. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll lock those in the vault. To overall, a nine five. Look at that. I mean, even though obviously I didn't give it a nine five, but like the fact that both of our films equaled out to a nine five. That's true. Yeah. Strong in there, patting that it's vault. It's been a while since you liked the movie I brought, so that, that, I was happy. <laughs> You just you brought a couple stinkers, man. The Fountain, Black Snake Moan, and the, I've really I've only raked over the coals three. What was the uh, Event Horizon two? It, Event Horizon. I knew I was searching for the third one. It was <laughs> really just those three. Yeah, it's it's been a while. And to be fair, you should have known those movies weren't my type of movies. You you definitely knew Black Snake Moan. You knew I was going to take em- that. Emily listened test. to that one too, and she's like, "You gave it an eight? <laughs> that seems high." <laughs> <laughs> and she watched that movie with me. She's like, "It wasn't bad." <laughs> That was like a six. <laughs> She's like, you should not have given that an eight. That's more like, fair ranking than an eight. But <laughs> like, all right, that's, that's a we're at an hour seven. That's a good note to end on. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, we're we're happy. We're stoked. We're past two thousand listens. Please uh, like, listen. Well, obviously, listen if you're here this far. You've listened. Please like, uh, share, subscribe. Tell everyone you know about it, or anyone that likes movies or podcasts. And uh, if you have any suggestions, any comments, concerns. 
you've got some fountain fanfic, Andy's your man over here. Uh, we've got a Facebook, an Instagram, and a Twitter. We're Arizona Movie Club and an email of azmovieclub at gmail.com. Palm Springs coming out soon. we got lots of good content. haven't seen Hustlers or Arrival. They're both really good. Um, I'm anticipating Andy watching those. It'll be make for some fun content. And uh, hopefully I'll have The Last of Us 2 spoiler cast up for you. So if you're a new gaming fan listening, welcome. Uh, this is this is the chaos that is our podcast. A weird movie to start with. <laughs> yeah, with a movie about colonization and the effects. And uh, <laughs> I ended with Pokemon. So <laughs> that shows you where how we get to things here on the Arizona Movie Club. Uh, thank you guys so much. Have a great night, day, week, whatever. Thanks, guys.